0: How to Live Free in Beijing, An Artist's Guide Published in Sixth Tone Written by Luo Han, Read to you by Cliff Larson Could you survive for three weeks in the Chinese capital on a zero yuan budget? Zhou Yaqi tried it and discovered it was surprisingly easy if you're dressed like a member of China's social elite, Beijing. Like many art students, Zhou Yaqi, often worried she'd be unable to afford to live in Beijing after graduation. So earlier this year, she decided to set herself a daunting challenge, survive in the city for three weeks without spending one single yuan. It turned out to be a piece of cake. The 23-year-old spent most of May living the high life, gorging on buffets and VIP lounges, sipping wine at exclusive events, and sleeping on plush sofas in the lobbies of five-star hotels. She ended up sticking to her zero-yuan budget with ease. The secrets to her success? A fake Hermès handbag, bright red lipstick, and a velour designer tracksuit, all of which helped Zhou pose as a member of China's wealthy social elite. She found that when she was disguised as a Mingyuan, or a socialite, businesses would let her exploit her hospitality without question. Though I'm poor, I was able to enter the world of the rich and get their free stuff, Zhou told Sixth Tone. I wanted to break the rules. The experiment, which Zhou documented and later turned into a performance art project, had since become one of China's most talked about artworks of 2021. But it has also thrust the artist into a heated and at times ugly debate about class and privilege, highlighting the deep rifts that have opened up in Chinese society. China's rising wealth inequality has become a hot button issue in recent years. The top 20% of earners in Chinese cities now have five times more per capita disposable income than the bottom 20% on average, with a gap nearly doubling since 2000. Public attention has focused on the wealth divide even more in 2021, as the Chinese government has made tackling the issue one of its top policy priorities. In the summer, authorities vowed to adjust excessively high incomes and force the rich to, quote, give back to society. So when Zhou presented her project at Beijing's Central Academy of Fine Arts in June, it quickly went viral on Chinese social media. At one point, the artist even became a trending topic on Weibo, China's Twitter-like microblogging platform. But the response to her stunt has been far from universally positive. While Zhou says her stunt was intended as a criticism of capitalism and consumerism, many critics have accused her of being unaware of her own privilege. Her experiences as a student at one of China's elite art colleges the theory goes, allowed her to pass as a socialite with ease. What enabled her to accomplish her performance art is precisely her class, wrote one user on Weibo. Everything, her makeup, choice of props, successful repartee in each place, and the individual image she presented comes from the invisible accumulation of cultural capital prior to the experiment. The artist, however, insists that such criticism misses the point. Though she won a place at a fancy Beijing school, she grew up in a small city in central China's Hunan province. It was the dizzying transition between these two worlds that inspired her to create the project. When Zhou first visited Beijing to attend an art exam cram school, The then 17-year-old recalls being amazed by the luxury inside the glitzy shopping malls in the Central Business District. The place where I was staying wasn't even as nice as the toilets in the malls, Zhou said. After she began studying at the Central Academy of Fine Arts, this feeling grew. Zhou says she became increasingly fascinated by the excess on display at the campus. During exhibition openings, hungry students like herself would madly eat the caviar-topped canapes on offer, while others' well-heeled visitors ignored them. Those indulgent people barely ate them, and they'd go to waste, Zhou says. We were stuffing ourselves till we were full, like we were at a free buffet. Zhou coined a term to describe this phenomenon, excessive goods. An excessive good could be anything that is given to the wealthy for free, but is inaccessible to the non-wealthy. A complimentary snack at a swanky bar, a free gift at a luxury store, a bottle of wine at an invitation-only dinner. To Zou, these excessive goods were a potent symbol of the wealth gap. They were seemingly everywhere, yet the capital's high rollers barely noticed them. Often, they ended up being thrown away. It's very interesting how such free excessive goods are distributed. They're often given to people who seem to already have plenty, Zhou wrote on Weibo. Haunted by financial worries and unsure how she could make rent in Beijing after graduation, Zhou began to wonder, could a person simply live off the excessive goods that she saw all around her every day? The plan for her 21-day experiment crystallized during her final year at college. It wasn't a practical solution to her money problems, but an attempt to make people think. By passing herself off as a Mingyuan, infiltrating Beijing's posh hangouts and living entirely off the freebies they provided, Zhou aimed to highlight how Chinese society had become increasingly divided under capitalism. In January, Zoe started making preparations. She visited dozens of venues from supermarkets to bars and hotels to find out where she might find free food and accommodations. She slowly developed a rough itinerary of places to hit during her 21 days on the streets. And then the artist moved on to the next stage, learning how to look like a member of the Chinese elite. She spent hours on social platforms, Xiaohongshu and Douyin, studying how Mingyuan dress, wear their makeup, and behave. She prepared an entire new outfit to make her disguise more convincing, including a fake luxury handbag, a knockoff diamond ring, and a designer velour tracksuit and bright. Red lipstick. I'm more cautious and casual in daily life, but I had to present an elegant, haughty, and self confident image, says Zhou. By May 1st, Zhou was ready. The experiment began. Her first stop was an airport VIP lounge, armed with a forged entry pass, the kind that Chinese banks, travel apps, and airlines sometimes give as a perk to regular customers. Zoe strode up to the staff at the entrance. To her relief, they glanced at the slip of paper and let her inside without question. I'm, I was very nervous and, and thought that I'd be driven out the next second, Zoe says, but nothing happened. The pass was only valid for three hours, but Zoe ended up staying in the lounge for three days, sleeping on a semicircular red sofa and eating as much food as possible from the three daily buffets. The staff didn't seem to care whether guests overstayed their welcome, she said. On her first day, Zoe also headed to the Gucci store downstairs where she convinced the staff to give her a free bag bearing the brand's logo. The paper bag proved doubly useful. It helped Zo steal a large amount of bread from the VIP lounge and make her look even more like a regular buyer of luxury goods. When Zhou later walked into the nearby Louis Vuitton store with her fake Hermes and Gucci shopping bag, the two service assistants abandoned their other customers to greet her. They showed her a 6,000 yuan handbag and even offered her an invitation to an LV exhibition. I assume they wouldn't say this to an ordinary guest, says Zhou, who has never bought an LV bag. They treated me like a regular customer with buying power. After a few days of the experiment, Zo recalls no longer feeling so nervous. Pretending to be a socialite had become second nature, she says. I was constantly playing the role all day, said Zo. I soon got used to the contradiction. My body was dirty and slimy, but I was seen as a beautiful and rich woman by others. And for the second half of the experiment, Zo left the airport, and moved to Dongcheng District, a prosperous part of central Beijing, filled with bars, art galleries, and five-star hotels. At a high-end hotel, she made up a fake name and room number to register at the front desk, which allowed her to access the public bathrooms. For the first time in days, she enjoyed a comfortable shower and even used the sauna and the steam room. And by now, Zhou was becoming increasingly brazen, When she returned to use the bathroom, the fake name she used included Liu Bei, the ancient Chinese warlord, and Rin Tohsaka, her favorite Japanese cartoon character. The latter one raised the suspicions of the customer service assistant who said there was no booking under that name, but Zhou was able to reassure them by saying she had just checked out and would be leaving soon. Again, she was allowed in. I was already numb and didn't panic at the time, says Zhou. I just thought, finally, there's a conflict. One night, Zhou attended an auction, using an invitation passed to her by a friend. Between stuffing herself with goose liver pate and white chocolate desserts, she tried on several of the auction lots. Fine jewelry that later sold for millions of yuan. She recalls slipping a beautiful emerald ring onto her finger and comparing it with the 18 yuan glass diamond one on her other hand. That moment really struck me, says Zhou. They looked so similar at first glance, but the value was so different. Zhou's experiment came to an end in the lobby of yet another high-end Beijing hotel. She spent her final night sleeping on an orange sofa surrounded by an artificial bamboo grove. She recalls feeling like the two security guards who stood nearby were there to keep her safe. The following month, the student presented a video clips and a collection of objects she'd gathered during the experiment, including the Gucci bag and the hunks of stale bread at her graduation exhibition. She wasn't shocked when Chinese media picked up her stunt. She expected her project to resonate with the public but Zhou was caught off guard when the story began to focus on her background and social media commenters started to describe her as a mingyuan in a different and much less pleasant sense. The word mingyuan has become ubiquitous in Chinese media in recent months, and the meaning of the word has begun to morph. No longer simply a term to describe true socialites, it has acquired classist and sexist connotations Increasingly, it's used as a derogatory term to describe women who flaunt fake wealth in order to get attention. The criticism has frustrated Zhou. She only used the word mingyuan once in the introduction of her project. She says some online media jumped on the buzzword and hyped up her story to generate traffic. She insists that she's neither a member of the elite nor a wannabe online celebrity, but a member of the proletariat, who undertook her project with sincere artistic intentions. Though her family are hardly poor, they're also far from wealthy, Zhou says. Her parents earn a modest income and provided her with a 3,500 yuan monthly allowance during university. As a student, Zhou was able to earn extra income from working part-time as an actor and model making around 800 yuan a day on average. But she stresses that she has zero assets and buys her clothes from charity shops and Pinduoduo, an e-commerce platform famous for its cheap products. Now, Zhou is determined to move on. In some ways, the criticism is simply a reflection of how hotly discussed her project has been, she says, and it's already helped her win a contract with an art agency, which has allowed the fresh graduate to start her career as a professional artist. In late October, Tso's latest work, a video project about Orientalism, went on display at a gallery in Tokyo. She plans to continue creating socially engaging art in the future, she says. If the critics carry on complaining, so be it. Artworks are bound to be misunderstood as they spread. Zhou says, people will hear what they want to hear, and those interpreting the work will explain it in a way their audience wants to hear. How to Live Free in Beijing, an artist's guide, written by Luo Han, published in Sixth Tone, read to you by Cliff Larson.